Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. All right, here we are again. We're back. My man, Kyle, we got the Whack Hoops All Access show. The flag in the background. Let's see if you can guess the team. I don't know if they know. Drum roll. You can see the little guy in the middle, though. You can see the little – I don't know. What, what is their mascot, anyway? An Aggie with – an Aggie is like a – I, I can't remember the name of it now, Brian. I like it's – Oh. Aggies, like, boy, they just wear great mustaches and hats and – Anyway, we'll ask Miller time about it. It's all yeah, like, we got James I, Miller, associate head coach, the associate head coach. Uh, he got to coach some games this year too, or, or a game, two games, two games, two games. We we'll have to ask him about that. Um, known for his beard recently, rumor is that he has a clean shave. So he's him and Kyle are looking <laughs> similar as far as their beard game. But we're gonna bring in James Miller, uh, leading the whack. They're back on top. It's a Heavy, heavy slated whack this year, but they're doing their thing so far. We're going to bring in Coach Miller. Clean shave. Let's go. Baby face. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks uh, for having life, me, guys. How's, how's life in Las Cruces right now? Never better. Weather's nice, sunny, no snow on the ground. Can't complain one bit. How about you guys? Thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, there's snow on the ground. I'm in snowy Colorado. You know this place well. Yeah. Uh, your hometown or your your stomping ground. Uh, yeah, the snow has been – hasn't gone anywhere. The sad part, though, they had these fires. I'm sure you heard about it in Superior right outside of Boulder. The next day, literally, it hasn't it's snowed and hasn't really stopped. Um, but we're good, safe. We pray for those families in that situation. And Kyle's in – he's in Salt Lake. It's snowing there, too. It it's not snowing. It did snow right after uh Christmas, but it's yes. all gone now. It's been warm the last couple of days. So it's yes. all we got the mountains still covered, which is the best part, but yes, you know, the snow, there's no snow on the ground right now. Right. Okay. It's, it's great for the background, like the backdrop for selfies or for you know, <laughs> cinematography, whatever you want to do, man. Just a nice I'm, little joy. I'm telling ride. you, watching a baseball game at 
you know, either at the, where the Salt Lake Bees play or even at Utah Valley or at BYU, like it's the best backdrop to have those snow-covered mountains right there. Doesn't get better, man. I'm looking forward to seeing some selfies with Kyle and Snow. <laughs> Most people have never seen Kyle's face. We're excited. I will send Charlie the video I have of sledding with my kid where I almost took him out sledding. So I'll, I'll send Charlie That'd that video awesome. so he can show you and you guys can laugh at it down there. Cool. Yeah. Miller time. Let's talk about the squad. All right. You got a good team. Having some fun. Uh, last year was insanely crazy because of uh, not even being able to stay in your whole your home state, not playing right. games in your home gym. I mean, as nightmares of a year as you can have. And now you guys are back in your home state. You're actually in your office, which is nice. Offices. Uh, the team is playing really well. At the top of the whack, let's talk a little bit about the squad. Tell us about what you think about this year's team so far. Yeah, uh, you hit it on the nose. Last year was challenging. Um, and so it's it's like we're in heaven right now, man. <laughs> we're at Disneyland every day because we are in our own beds. We do get to see our families. Um, it, it's been a blessing. Um, and obviously it keeps things in perspective. But I think with this year's team, you know, we're really excited about the talent we have. And, and I think we have a really high ceiling. Um, and, you know, you look at a double-edged sword, we know we can get a lot better, um, which is frustrating at this point in the year. We, we would hope that we're playing a little bit better than we are. Um, but at the same time, it's really exciting because we know we have a high ceiling and we don't have a lot of room for growth. So, um, yeah, we've started off well. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully we, we kind of say pseudo-COVID-free and continue to get to play these games. Um, obviously, it's a crazy time right now, but shoot, we're excited about our team. I know that, and we have a lot of pieces and a lot of, good players and, and they've done a good job of bonding together and they really like each other. Um, but now can we, we continue to take the next steps and try to be, you know, an elite team come, come March. Absolutely. Talk about, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about the roster uh, on the show today, but there's two particular young men that are playing at a super high level. One's new, one is a returner, uh, Jabari Rice, uh, obviously kind of the heart and soul of the team. He is the grit. He is the representation of what this program embodies. He's been there. I mean, it feels like he's been there for seven years now. Forever. Yeah. Uh, I remember I remember watching him play in Houston AAU as an unsigned senior. We actually recruited him at Lamar. Like, he wanted to come because he just had nobody recruiting him. Like, nobody. Right. Played as an unsigned senior. Um, academically had some stuff. Was able to sneak in you guys' place. Uh, then we coached against him when I was at UTEP, and it's like, here we go. Uh, he was making winning plays there, but they were smaller, much smaller role. Right. Now he's doing a little bit of everything. He's handling, he's defending, he's making big shots, game closing shots. Um, so talk about him a little bit. And then also uh, Kyle mentioned this earlier, uh, Teddy Allen kind of almost had this, um, I don't know, bad boy, like persona or like maybe he had this baggage or he wasn't this or that. And man, is he proven to be every bit of a winner and a transformed player that's doing a little bit of everything as well, making plays uh, in every way. So talk a little bit about those two guys leading the way, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, with Jabari, like you said, it seems like he's been here forever. And this is my fourth year. He got here a year before I did. So um, he really has been here a long time. Um, but with Jabari, it's really cool to see his growth, um, not only on the floor but off the floor. Um, he's come a long way. And the one thing about Jabari is he's ultra competitive. Um, Anything you do, he wants to win. Um, that's basketball off the floor, any, anything. I mean, we, we could be playing 
uno and he'd want to win. That's just um, his, his desire and what he really wants to do is, is win. Um, so with that being said, he's made some personal sacrifices um, and, and tried to do a good job of helping others um, for the sake of us winning, for the sake of us trying to, you know, get back to the, to the big dance. Um, and it's been, like I said, it's been really cool to watch his growth over the course of my time here. Um, you know, obviously he and coach have a, a really good relationship from the standpoint of they've been through a lot together and coach understands, um, you know, what Jabari is all about. And Jabari has, has done a great job, like I said, of making those personal sacrifices for the good of the team. He's playing at a really high level. And honestly, we, we'd like him to be a little bit more selfish. I think that's part of where we can continue to get better as a team is, is he's a little more selfish scoring the ball um, and trying to make some plays because oftentimes this year, knowing that we have uh, some really other good players around him, he's, he's deferred uh, probably a little bit more than we would like him to. Um, and then obviously we had some injuries early on, so that kind of forced him to play a little bit out of position. But I think now, knock on wood, we've kind of gotten past that. And then with Teddy, um, yeah, he, he has had kind of the bad boy image. I mean, that's just the reality um, of the situation. And with Teddy, he's done a good job of trying to fit in with guys like Jabari and Johnny McCants and Donnie Tillman. And um, he's really come in here and he's put winning at a premium as well. Because the one thing about Teddy um, in his college career is he's, he's been a go-to scorer. Um, he's been elite putting the ball in the basket, but at the same time, he hasn't done it where he's won it at a high level. Um, you see his, his previous stops. Um, he redshirted at Wichita State. He played at Nebraska last year and scored a lot of points, but they didn't win a lot of games. And, when he was in junior college, they won a fair amount of games, but they didn't, you know, make it to the Hutch or the national tournament. And then even going back to his freshman year at West Virginia, he was a main cog, but he was a sixth, seventh, eighth man off the bench. He wasn't um, one of the main go-to guys. So um, I think he understands that he really aspires. He and Jabari both want to play at the highest level. They want to, you know, try to make a career of playing basketball. Um, but what puts us on a pedestal and then therefore puts them on a pedestal is winning. And so they've made personal sacrifices Teddy and Jabari um, for the sake of that, just like a lot of our other guys, to be honest. Um, and so those guys are bought into doing that. Um, and again, we're, we're scratching the surface of our potential um, and hopefully we can get to where, you know, we, we really should be and we're striving to be. Um, but obviously without those two guys um, doing what they're doing right now and continuing to make some, some sacrifices and getting better every day. Um, if we, if we do that, I think we'll be in business, you know, here about a month, month and a half down the road. James, along with those two, I, Somebody that's kind of off the radar of people, maybe except for myself and others that maybe follow the whack a little bit. Will McNair has like grown, like the strides that he's taken from year to year to now are probably the most impressive to me. Can you talk a little bit about what he? I mean, I've talked with Adam Young, and Adam Young mentions his confidence that he's playing with. I mean, he's been really good for you guys this year. Yeah, you know, I think Will's the one of the main reasons he's taken that next step is because he's gotten in better shape. That has a lot to do with it. Um, he really dedicated himself in the summertime to to getting in better shape, um, to being a better version of himself. Um, I, I also think realistically, you know, he he looked at our situation and knew, hey, there's some playing time up for grabs. We didn't have the year last year that we're accustomed to having around here. Um, so it was pretty clear um going into the spring and summer for all of us that you know, we're all being evaluated. And, and, and what, what happened last year wasn't um, consistent with what we expect and the expectations coach has for us around here. So I think that helped. Um, and like you said, I think he's just been forced into a bigger role. 
um, again, with injuries and things that happened over the course of the last few months and the craziness of our world right now, as he's been thrust into that bigger role, he's taking advantage of, you know, extra opportunities. Um, and so with that being said, that is where the confidence is built for sure. Um, and he's consistently, you know, produced at a pretty good clip. Now, if you always uh, go back to what coaches said about Will McNair two, three years ago, he's always said Will is capable, uh, capable excuse me, of being as good as he wants to be. And that's still the case. Um, Will is, he's like our team, to be honest. He's only scratched the surface of how good he could really be if he continues to make the next steps and continues to make some sacrifices on a daily basis um, towards that goal. But with that being said, he's done a pretty good job for us the first you know month and a half of this season, and, and he's really come on. Um, and then, you know, now can he consistently do it when people are keen on him and those types of things? That's the next step for him. Um, and, and when we have these expectations here, can he meet those and exceed those? And hopefully he can here moving forward. Does it help that he gets to go up against Johnny McCants every day in practice? Yeah, you know what? I think this year's team, we're so much competition on a daily basis when we're, when, when we're healthy and we've been banged up and banged up and banged up. It feels like all year and we're finally getting to the point where we're pretty close to being full strength. Um, but with that being said, going against Johnny McCants, Donnie Tillman, you out of low. I mean, even our freshmen, they, they give him a good look. I mean, everybody is competing. And so for Will, that's what he needs. He needs to be pushed. That's that's just the truth. He needs to be pushed on a daily basis, Kyle. Um, and for him, he's allowed himself to be pushed a little bit harder this year, and I think that's helped. And then, again, like I said, he knows he's going to play consistent minutes every night if he does what, what the expectations are and what we want him to do. And you and, I, you and I both know, like, when a kid knows that and he knows he's going to get a crack at it, it's a little bit different than, hey, maybe I'm only going to go in there for seven or eight minutes or maybe yeah. I'm going to play two minutes this game and – for whatever reason, it just is what it is. It, it takes a special person to, to stay ready, right? Um, so for Will, I think that's been part of his growth too is he knows, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get a good crack at it and I'll stay in the game if I if I do what I want. And last year, out of just necessity, we played Johnny more at the five and, and we didn't really want to do that this year. We wanted to be bigger. Johnny's always been more effective at the four. Not that he can't be effective at the five because he has been. Um, but the reality of it is we want to be bigger. Um, obviously, Grand Canyon last year, showed everybody, hey, you better get bigger if you want to try to, you know, be uh, a consistent threat in the league. I want to ask you one last question about that. Like, the fact that Will McNair stayed in Las Cruces and didn't transfer with the way that the transfer portal is now and the ease with which you can play if you transfer to a different school. Like, you guys have a, a bunch of guys that stuck around, not just that, that didn't leave. How important is that, especially now where these guys know the culture, they know what Coach Jans is trying to do, then you bring in a Teddy Allen who, you know, you you want to get to buy into that as well. Like to have those guys that have been in the program for so long, they know how to win. I mean, it's got to be a huge piece of the success this year with bringing in some other new guys. Yeah, the, the core group of guys that we had come back that, like you said, could have gone somewhere else and, and probably maybe even had bigger roles at a lot of places. Um, those core guys coming back has probably been the key to our start and, and where we're at right now. Um, guys like Will, Clayton Henry, Jabari Rice, those guys all could have gone other places. Johnny McCants, um, with the way of the world right now, um, we were very fortunate for them to stay, to be honest. And I think that speaks volumes to what Coach does. Um, he knows um, what they need. They don't always like it, um, but they also understand because they're mature enough, all those guys, excuse me, the core group that's come back, they understand what they need for their success. Um, and so, again, 
those guys have made personal sacrifices for the good of our team. And then I think, too, like last year being so difficult left such a sour taste in our mouth for all the guys that have been here in the past and played in the Pan Am and played in front of our fans. Mm -hmm. And then going out the way we did in the conference tournament, um, having the experience, um, you know, again, rough experience last year that we did. I think those guys that have been around here that have been to the NCAA tournament with us and had won a lot of games with us, um, they didn't want to go out like that. Um, and, and, they, and they just – it's fueled our summer. It's fueled our fall. Um, I think it fuels us in a lot of ways now. Um, and so, like you said, Kyle, we were blessed that those guys came back because they didn't have to come back. They right. had other options if they wanted to explore them. They really did. And so that speaks a lot about them, speaks a lot about coach, and I think it speaks a lot about our community and the support they give our, our players because they really do love Aggie basketball here. Yeah, I was jumping in just uh, – you mentioned having a high ceiling with this team continuing to like do things to you haven't reached your best basketball yet. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that looks like. And then obviously you guys have a great staff, Dominic Taylor, Dave Anwar, your support staff. Um, but having that opportunity to coach in coach Jans's absence, knowing you've been a head coach, knowing you've had success, but really you're going to do the exact same things as coach Jans would do in your own way. What was that experience like to be able to, just knowing that that's kind of like next man up just the same way it is for the players. Yeah. Well, the, the experience of uh, coaching individual and basketball games, obviously that's always been a goal for most people, especially of mine. Right. Um, but what I, what I try to equate it to people is and people are like, well, how was it? And I said, well, have you ever been a substitute teacher? Yeah. It's being a substitute <laughs> teacher is not that much fun. Um, so, so honestly, Brian, to answer the question, um, our guys did a really good job, I yep. thought, for the most part, of trying to handle it in a mature way, okay? But the reality of it is I'm not Coach Jans. You know, I have a different relationship with our players because I'm an assistant coach, right. um, and, and, and I can't be the same voice that Coach is for a lot of different reasons, and nor, nor should I be, and that's not my role. And right. so now all of a sudden, when you're going and playing games, and we play at a Division II school in Mexico Highlands, which is a good Division II program, and then play at the University of New Mexico at home, um, and obviously on short notice and how things went down. Um, I think with us, we do so much better with structure. And right. all of a sudden our structure was completely flipped upside down. Yep. Um, and so, you know, after the New Mexico game where we lost and we didn't play uh, very well, to be honest, and especially, in, and I'll talk about what we need to do to get better because that's part of that, I think. Um, but I was asked afterwards, you know, hey, is it an excuse? The power went out and coach isn't here and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, no, because the expectation of our program whether it's coach, myself, Dom, Coach Anwar, it doesn't matter who's coaching the team. It's a program, and the expectation is we're going to win the game or at least perform to the best of our abilities if we lose the game. Right. Um, and so going into what our growth needs to be now and our mindset needs to be now is um, we're just not good enough defensively yet. We're just not, um, to be honest. I mean, we can score the ball as good as any team, I think, um, since I've been here. And obviously we've had some really good teams, and Coach had a really good team the year before I got here. I'm in his first year, but I think we have the ability to score. We have four or five guys on the floor, typically at all times that can score the basketball, which is great. It makes up for a lot of mistakes that we make. But the reality of it is, is is the backbone of our program, at least since coach has been here, has been defending and rebounding. And our rebounding is getting a little bit better, but our defense is not up to par where it needs to be. And that's why we lost the New Mexico game. Um, And and that's why, um, to be honest, in some of these games where we haven't really run out with the lead or, or, or we really haven't taken off and, and really been able to step on somebody the way we're accustomed to doing so, it's because our defensive intensity is not what it, we're, it's accustomed to being. 
Now, again, you'll see spurts of it for three or four minutes. So we know it's in the tank. And, and, and there's plenty of times where we go and we say, okay, this is what it should look like in this game. <clears throat> but we haven't been able to bottle that up for 30, 35, 40 minutes yet. And if we're able to do that, then I think we like our chances around here. But if we're not able to do that, we know it's probably going to cost us because we're fighting with five. We're playing with right. five. Yeah, it looks like you're, it looks like from a Ken Palm uh, analytics standpoint, conference has been very good to you defensively. And where you sit right now in conference, uh, you're in the top three in most statistical categories. And then on that rebounding, you're number one in offensive rebound percentage. So early in conference play, but you guys are getting some things done from a statistical standpoint defensively now that conference play has started. Maybe more chemistry, maybe more time together, maybe more like opponents, uh, whatever it may be, but hopefully that continues to trend. We'll give Kyle one more. Then you got to tell us a funny story before you go. And it could be the shave story. You could talk about the baby face, but you got to tell us one of those before you go. <laughs> James, let's, let's talk a little bit about this weekend that you guys have with – you got Tarleton coming in Thursday and then Abilene Christian um, Saturday. I mean, what have you seen on film? You know, what, what, what kind of gives you – you know Tarleton, they split with you last year when you were down there in Stephenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Abilene Christian, I know – Chris Jans knows Brett Tanner really well. What have you seen on film that gives some some concern there, you know, with this weekend? Well, Kyle, I'll tell you this, man. Um, very rarely, at least in coaching, I were talking about it yesterday, will you play four games in a row against teams that try to do the same thing or very close to the same thing defensively. And that's get after the ball, turn you over, try to speed you up, try to take you out of your, out of your stuff. Tarleton does that. Obviously, ACU does that. Obviously, SFA does that, and Sam Houston does that. So the next four games, next two weeks, it's really the same type of prep in a lot of ways from how we're going to have to play offensively. What concerns us is we turn the ball over at a high clip, and, and we've done that in the past. So when you're playing teams like that, that's pretty scary, you know, and, and thankfully I'm only associate head coach. Coach Jans gets to be a little more scared than me. But trust me, we talk about it a lot with our team and, and as a staff and, and how we're going to go about I'm um, trying to prepare our guys and, and really get them to understand because you can talk about it and show them on video, but until you, it's like stepping out in the cold, it's cold outside. But then when you step out, Oh, it's, Oh, that kind of hit me, you know, like, and, and I don't think you're really going to understand until you get in. Now, obviously it's our job to try to prepare them for that. Um, and trust me, we're talking about it quite a bit. Um, but in, in looking at Tarleton and ACU, that's, that's what stands out They're they they play so hard, so physical. Um, obviously Tarleton's much, smaller than us quicker than us probably in a lot of ways but they're so tough they play so hard and, and they make you earn everything they turn you over and um so again that that's a little scary for a team that has turned the ball over a little bit too much like we have this year um and then obviously acu they're just the um to me the definition of a program you know what they've done the last three four years the success that coach tanner and coach golding had over there and their staff um i think he's picked up uh, right where, you know, and they left off. Now, obviously, they stumbled a little bit last weekend. But, I mean, unfortunately, in the, in our times, you just don't know who's going to be on your team some weeks right now. Right. Um, and, and that's just reality. So there's not a lot of consistency. And like I talked about earlier, we need consistency in our program. We need structure in our program. I assume most people are pretty similar. Um, and so with that being said, you never know what's going on. But what I will say is both those teams are really good. Um, they're well-coached. They're tough. Um, they're defensive-minded. Um a lot of the qualities that we typically have had around here. And so um, we know if we want to win these games this week, we're going to have to step up our game. How one last question for you. 
how hard is it to I, I don't want to say how hard it is what's the prep like when you like you mentioned you don't know who's going to be on the floor for your opponent you may not even know who's going to be on the floor for your team depending on how testing or whatever you know that goes it does that make prepping a little bit more difficult you know each week or like do you just go at it the same way you would every week well it's like we talked about earlier we all want to have the next man up mentality and we always talk about that as coaches and in teams and in work and wherever we've been we've always had that hey this guy leaves the train's got to keep rolling but the reality of it is when you see the trainer walk over to you and you're like okay what kind of bad news is this dude gonna give me today <laughs> like and we've had a lot of that you know we've had a lot of that over the course of the last year or two to be honest with you um so it makes it difficult when when guys aren't in practice because obviously practice is where you build your camaraderie and and, and what you're trying to do on and off the floor um to help you be successful and to try to win at an elite level um it's difficult but at the same time what can you do you just have to keep plugging away and keep just keep chipping at it and, and hope that the preparation and ha- your hard work and 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 thankfully we have we have some pretty good depth I feel like and with that depth when when one guy's guys excuse me one guy goes down then the next guy will get another opportunity and we've had some guys do that for us this year um and so it, it's difficult to be now when preparing for other people you just prepare like they're going to be there and you just don't know until they're not in the book and they don't show up and all of a sudden this guy's in street clothes like what's going on but the reality of it is, what can you do? You know, you just you just do the best that you can. You prepare like they're going to play. And then oftentimes, especially this year and last year, you're just kind of surprised when, oh, that guy's not even here. That guy's, oh, all of a sudden he's suited up. You just, you really don't know. Um, and that's what you have to prepare for. All right. Closing. It's the closer time. What you got for us? A funny story. Or, yeah, you know, it's I don't know. funny story or like good story. Direction. It may not be funny. It could just be good if you got something that's just good. Yeah, it could be good and juicy too. Yeah, we'll take we'll take we'll take the tea. We'll take that. Give tea. me some direction, like uh, give me some direction. That would help me out. You know, I need some direction. All right, all right. All right. Um, let's t- let's tell a JUCO story. Let's tell a funny JUCO oh, story you. from your time. We know how much you love JUCO. Uh, you got some JUCO guys on the team. Let's get a funny JUCO story. Funny JUCO story. Putting me on the little, spot. A little easier lens right there. You don't have to think about like the whole career. You can just shoo. it's been a while since I've been in Juco. Um man, I don't know if I have any funny stories for you, Bird. Man, as soon as we get out there, somebody's like, hey, you know what I should have said? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'll say about Juco. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Like, I loved every part of it other than – and I love Tapas, New Mexico, but I didn't want to, like, live there, raise a family there, at least at that point in my life, right? I thought right. the grass is always greener, right? right. Um, but what I would say, um, I'm trying to think of something funny as I'm trying to draw a sound a little bit. I don't really don't have much for you. Um, is is the best part about junior college, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen here because it does, but – changing kids' lives and improving them circumstances for the rest of their lives. That was the most fun part. How about that? Yeah. Um, they, they did a lot of funny things. They did a lot right. of immature things. Right. Um, you know, like funny story. Every, every weekend, the first weekend uh, at New Mexico Junior College, we would have a back-to-school dance, okay? <laughs> Mind <laughs> nice. you, nice. like in junior college, right? Like there's like seven buildings. Okay, here we go. I got something, I got something for you, okay? I never Mind heard you. about a back-to-school dance. Yeah, right? okay. So I was there six years, three years as an assistant, three years as a head coach. We had a back-to-school dance for the first five years I was there, I believe, okay? First Friday night, 
Everybody's, you know, dolled up, right? Okay, they're walking into the cafeteria, the same place they ate, you know, chicken nuggets <laughs> earlier in the day, you know, but all of a sudden they got the disco ball and the lights going. And it's going so anyways, down. Yeah, we'd have we'd have the back to school dance, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, every year was an issue. Somebody was getting in trouble at the back to school dance. <laughs> hey, some hey, coach, this guy was on top of the table swinging his shirt around, didn't have a shirt on. I'm like, what do you mean in the cafeteria? Like in the back to school dance? Um, so uh, what what I would say is. Every year we'd have someone get in trouble. And then finally, I went to the guy who organized it. My last year as a head coach, and, and I told him about two weeks before, I said, hey, man, can we not have the back-to-school dance this year? I want to make sure we all <laughs> make it all right. We don't get in any trouble, okay? But I say all that because that was like their first – like they thought New Mexico Junior College was Duke. And it was their Duke. They, they had no they had no clue. They, they'd never been anywhere else, a lot of them. Um, and, and for them to go to New Mexico Junior College was doing something, right? Um, and so I say – why I love junior college is because I really could help those kids and play a small part in their lives of improving them circumstances and moving on to four-year schools and, and being professional basketball players. Um, and my wife, Darlene, she's the best. Okay. The For best. Christmas, she texts all of my, all players that I've coached over the course of the last 15 years. And she put together a video and, and I swear it was the coolest thing. Wow. Gotten. It was the coolest thing I've ever received because there was 20 or 25 players over the course of That's my 15 awesome. years that got on there and spoke about what their experience was like with me and what was it like. And it was like a chronological order. Like, you know, when I had a face like this, although you could see my, my chin a little bit better back when I first started, yeah. I had a little more muscle, right? And all the way up until this year. And, and it was the coolest thing. It was the coolest thing. So awesome. I guess it's not real funny. We had the back school dance. It was always an issue. But what I will say, for anybody that has an opportunity to coach in junior college, um, got to do it. It was it was unbelievable experience, unbelievable experience, and and it's nothing I would trade in the world. And if anybody from Hobbs in Mexico watches, I do love Hobbs, but um, Las Cruces is like Disneyland compared to Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Uh, definitely funny for sure to think that the same cafeteria they're eating chicken nuggets and that they're having this dance, and it's like really a big thing. Like I respect it, I, I respect it, but I do respect you going to the guy and saying, "Can we not have it?" And you said the first five years you had it, so the last year you didn't have it. Last year we 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 cut it out. The last year we cut it out. I said, "Hey man, like, can we please not do the back school dance? I don't have to run these guys in the morning. I want like I want to make sure all my guys. I want to make sure all my guys are here through the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I don't, don't want to have to chaperone the back to school dance in the cafeteria <laughs> with this disco ball going on. I don't want to tell our guys to put their shirts on. I don't want to see any grinding in the corner. I just want them to stay out of trouble. Oh man, oh. I got I got one more before you go. It's been really cool to see, and obviously the 10-day contract thing with the NBA has opened a lot of doors, but, man, New Mexico State continues to have players in the NBA. What is that like, knowing for your guys that they're a part of that and you're not that far away because Pascal Siakam, uh, you go down the list, you can name more of them, but there's been multiple guys, and even in this little stretch, that have just signed either 10 days or playing in the NBA. Uh, I think that part um is really really big time from a place that people would never expect that well it's, it's like what i talked about earlier with jabari and teddy we're asking those guys to make some personal sacrifices from a statistical standpoint i think a lot of times you know make the extra pass when they're not used to making the extra pass thank you for joining us and welcome um, to the all access network before, be sure to follow share and stay connected with us on twitter win, facebook and, and instagram today. 
subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy. When you have guys like that over the course of recent memory that are in the NBA and, and getting opportunities and then producing when they're there, it, it tells guys like Teddy Allen and Jabari Rice, hopefully, and other guys on our in our team that want to make money playing basketball after they're, you know, they get their degree from here, that hey, I can do it too. You know, so guys like Johnny McCants might make a lot of personal sacrifices, but he was just playing with Trevlin Queen, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. And and they were doing the exact same things and had the exact same stories and and circumstances in a lot of ways. So um, it's been really cool. And I think it's, again, rewarding, like like the video, Trev's on the video, and he's talking about telling funny stories. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, how did this Joker make it two years? And he's the <laughs> best. Like, I should have said some stories about Trev, but I didn't want to get him out of the NBA. No. Like, but it's really cool to see because guys like Trev deserve those opportunities. Right. They really do. Like, they work so hard, and they came here, and they, and they did everything we asked them to do. And when, when that happens for those guys and they get rewarded with opportunities and then what you make of your opportunity is on you. Yep. If you produce and you can stay great, but you got the opportunity. That's all these guys ever want. Yep. And so hopefully for guys like Jabari and Teddy and a couple of other guys that have the potential to make a lot of money playing basketball, that helps validate what we're asking them to do. For sure. And, and I think it's really special as, as, as a program and as a staff to see. Right, I got one last crazy yeah, question before we end here. I've been it's been in my mind since I knew we were gonna have James on this. 2019 NCAA tournament. Did AJ Harris make the right decision to pass it out to Terrell Brown for that three point attempt? Wow, he's going deep in the roots. Putting you on the spot. You know what? Here's what I'll say. Would he have gotten blocked by the dude who – I think he plays for the Celtics now. I can't remember. Okoro, o- o- maybe, I think was his name. He was there, man, and those guys were like aliens out there, man. Those guys were all over the place. Right. Here's what I say. A.J. made the pass. Terrell Brown gets fouled. It's our best free throw shooter. He's got to make two of three. Two of three for us to go to overtime. We've got all the momentum. I would have – you can't bet on it in basketball. I would have made a lot of friendly bets, friendly wagers that Terrell would have made three of those free throws and we would have won the game. So to answer your question, Kyle, did he make the right decision? I think so. He got our best player in open three. He got fouled. He's at the free throw line. He's got to make two or three. He's an 80 some percent free throw shooter. Um, And he didn't. But the bottom line is we're not in that situation without Terrell Brown. So I don't look at it that way. Um, But with AJ, I think that speaks a lot of AJ. He trusted his teammates to the Billionth degree, the billionth degree. And that spoke a lot about his unselfishness. Um, and so, yeah, I think so. And damn, if we would have made a couple of free throws, <laughs> I might be talking to you with a different different uh, logo. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but at this, at, in all seriousness, I think he did. I think he did because that speaks, that spoke to who AJ was and who he, who he is as a player. He's always going to trust his teammates and, you know, maybe give up a highlight play for himself for the good of our team. Right. And he did that in his whole career here. Yep. Right. I like it. Big time. James Miller, appreciate you taking the time. I know you're in there grinding. Uh, and tell Coach Jans, we appreciate you letting him let you use it, your office, his office. I hope I don't get in trouble tomorrow. Sorry, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, good luck. Thanks, Stay guys. healthy. You the great work, man. Thanks for Thanks, joining us. having me. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. The one of the best in the business, hands down. 
can't you 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 can see why anybody can watch that. But we let uh, Kyle break down New Mexico State before we go. Listen, I I, I picked them. They're the preseason favorite for a reason. Like James was saying, they returned. They got Johnny McCants, Donnie Tillman, Clayton Henry. All decided to return. They didn't have to. Jabari Rice is there. They bring in a big-time scorer in Teddy Allen, who has become an all-around player. They are the deepest team in the WAC. Like he said, Nate Pryor, who's now the starting point guard, didn't play most of the first half of the non-conference slate, but they're so deep. Five of The five bench guys, the guys coming off the bench, could probably start for any other WAC school. Um, and then, you know, Will McNair, the steps that he has taken – to be the guy that starts for Chris Jans, that Chris Jans has trust in, in the paint. He defends. He can score. He's just all over the place, um, and he's a rim protector too. It, it allows, like they, like James said, it allows Johnny McCants to play the four, which is a more natural position. Um, it, it's just it's what this team is all about. They've won ugly to start the season. They haven't hit their ceiling. We know that. We've seen that, and it's going to be scary to see what this team will be like when they're playing their best basketball. Right now, Joe Lunardi has them as the AQ from the WAC as a 13 seed, taking on the four seed Illinois fighting Illini. We'll see if it happens. Um, but yeah, New Mexico state, they're the favorite for a reason, Brian, you know, there, there's not much more you can say about them. Yeah. And I think it's almost like, he talked about it a little bit. He was probably a lot nicer than I would be. I've coached against them, so I've seen uh, <laughs> when the uh, salivation is, like, coming out of these guys' mouths. And, like, they just have a different um, – <clears throat> last year almost built a chip that was already on their shoulder. Massive even chip. Bigger, yeah. You know what I mean? I think for those guys that have been there and done that and tasted that sweet success uh, and the other guys that, that are new, that they want to taste that. And they're, they're, le- they're listening and leading on those guys. And I think he's just back to being more of a Chris Jans team. Now, he said it. They're probably a little more offensively ahead of they are defensively. But if you know anything about a Jans and, and Miller time uh, team, they're going to make sure that they defend. So they'll figure that part out. I do think this next stretch will say a lot about how they adjust to uh, the league because the league is different. It's new. It's a deeper. It's a uh, There's more teams that resemble some of the makeup that they have with the Abilene's and uh, even some Stephen F. Austin, some Tarleton, some uh, Sam Houston State. So it'll be good to see uh, them play some teams that want to get out defensively and kind of put their stamp on a game defensively for them to play in some of those grind games. So looking forward to it, man. And uh, they're leading the WAC for a reason, and uh, they are the favorite for a reason. And uh, like you said, they still have a ceiling to go. So uh, we'll be back next week. We made it through episode one. We did it. One down, many more to go. It's going to be fun. Good times, Brian. Good times as always. Yeah, no doubt. We'll be back. All right, man. We'll see.